Hey, everybody, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Preacher Boys podcast. I make this show for you, and I hope that you really enjoy it. I have a lot of people that ask me how they can support the show financially, and you can do that by heading over to patreon.com slash preacherboys. You're going to get access to exclusive content, including early releases of episodes. I've got a couple episodes right now that have been released at least a month early over on Patreon. You've got access to things like unique merch, depending on what tier you join, and you get access to some behind-the-scenes content that I'm posting within the group. So head over to patreon.com slash preacherboys and become a member over there today. Every single supporter helps make this show a little bit more possible, especially as I continue to add additional episodes and content every single week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's get back to the show. Trigger warning. This podcast contains descriptions of various abusive situations. Listener discretion is advised. You are listening to the Preacher Boys Podcast, a podcast shedding light on decades of mental, physical, and sexual abuse within the independent fundamental Baptist movement. The testimonies shared on this podcast are told from the personal experience and perspective of the survivors. Not all legal outcomes are known or final. Any suspect is presumed innocent until proven guilty in the court of law. To find more information about the Preacher Boys podcast and upcoming documentary, visit PreacherBoysDoc.com or connect on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with the handle at PreacherBoysDoc. Now, here is your host, Eric Skwarzynski. I don't know about you guys, maybe it's just me, but... I'm blown away by the fact that the Preacher Boys podcast started in January of 2020. So the show is coming up on two years of existing. That's mind-blowing to me. The Preacher Boys podcast has been around for almost two years. There have been well over 160 episodes. I want to say maybe 170-something episodes now. And... It's stunning to me. And I want to say thank you, first of all, to everybody who's listened to the show for this long. Um, I was doing the the math uh, just the other day. And between, uh, well, I'll just break down these stats really quick. It's, it's pretty mind-blowing. Uh, the show thus far has had 634,225 podcast downloads, 870,000 YouTube views. So between the podcast and YouTube That's 1,504,225 instances of somebody listening to content. That's not counting social media. And that level of reach and impact is absolutely incredible. And I am so thankful to every single one of you that has shared the show, supports the show, whether that's financially, verbally, wearing a t-shirt, all of the above. Uh, You guys are the absolute best. So thank you so much for that. I wanted to talk a little bit. Uh, about something that I've noticed over the last two years. So over the last two years, over the last 170 plus episodes, sitting down with experts, psychologists, therapists, law enforcement experts, survivors, of course, over and over and over again, uh, news reporters, I have picked up something that really bothers me. And there's been a lot of things. I, I still hesitate to call myself an expert because I'm not. I'm a 26-year-old podcaster who's looking for answers and just sharing those answers directly with you, the audience. And over this time, I have picked up a lot of things that are just broken with the way the world deals with abuse. 
And I'm not saying the world in a Christianese type of way. I mean the world, <laughs> human beings, mankind. And I wanted to address those in today's episode. Uh, one of the things of many things that is broken is how we talk about abuse cases. I'm not talking about just one-to-one. There's plenty broken about how we handle that. And I think we've talked ad nauseum in the show about how to approach survivors of abuse. But when I say we, I mean we as a media-consuming culture. The way that sexual abuse is talked about in the news is very concerning to me. Um, and I wanted to just share those thoughts and I wanted to encourage us as both consumers and for those listening who might be involved within the news reporting world, uh, or might be in the podcasting space like myself, uh, to do better when it comes to how we talk about stories of abuse. My wife was telling me recently about a story of sexual abuse in India, and, uh, that might seem uh, like a non sequitur, but India is a place that's near and dear to my wife and I's heart. Uh, we spent a lot of time uh, in India working with an orphanage there, and we're intimately aware of how rampant sexual uh, trauma, uh, sex slavery, abuse is within uh, India. And so it's something that we think about constantly. It's very jarring to think about. And several years ago, uh, right after we, maybe either right before we were about to go to India uh, for a couple months or right when we came back, I watched a documentary called India's Daughter. And the documentary uh, was incredibly heartbreaking. It's one of the, it's one of the most terrifying films that I've ever seen. Uh, It came out in 2015, directed by Leslie Udwin, and the film is based on the 2012 uh, Delhi gang rape and murder of a 23-year-old, her name's Nirbaya, who was a physiotherapy student, and uh, it explores the events of the night of uh, December 16th, 2012, and the protests that were sparked nationally as a result of the attack, and uh, it's like I said, it's not for the faint of heart. I know there's trigger warnings on the show, but I want to issue one for this documentary. It is horrifying. Uh, it's just a harrowing, harrowing documentary. And uh, anyway, with that context, when my wife saw the story, it reminded her of that. She brought it up to me. And there was another story that seemed like a repeat of this gang rape in Delhi. And you know, it was one of those things where my wife and I were just discussing how sad it is that this story right now is going to get so much coverage. But what's disturbing when you really take the time to dig deep into this story, which the average consumer is not doing, you see that the process in the court system in India is almost as dramatic for the victim of the abuse and their family. And so, you know, and this is no different in the United States. I just talked about this with a a guest who's going to be on a upcoming episode or maybe just released, talked about how traumatizing the rape reporting uh, situation is. But I want to circle back really quick to that. Most people aren't going to dig deep. And the reason that is, is because it takes too much work 
It takes too much work to dig in, to find out all the details of these cases, to realize that the court system is broken. And one of the reasons I think there's so little awareness to how broken that situation really is, is the media doesn't cover that part of the process. And this is where I wanted to really talk about the media doing better, uh, both delivering the content and we as consumers being better about what content we're requesting and clicking and reading. You see, there is something in media where the most salacious headline is the headline that gets chosen, uh, the most uh, juicy story, the most uh, uh, transgressive or harrowing or shocking story uh, is what sells papers, sells clicks, uh, gets digital buttons to be pressed and subscriptions to be made. And What's unfortunate is that the stories that are being written are in service of the journalist presenting them and not in service of the victim who needs their story to be told. And so you have situations where a newspaper will run a story, 10 stories, 15 stories, 20 stories on someone's rape, on a horrific rape. And when it comes to the newspaper, The more horrific, the more harrowing, the more shocking, the more terrifying, the better, because the more clicks, the more purchases, and the more subscriptions are going to be made. But when these cases go to trial, in most circumstances, the newspaper outlets, the reporters, the journalists, the podcasts, the TV stations, don't talk about the story. A courtroom story and courtroom updates isn't as interesting. Pressing for real social change isn't interesting. Uh, Taking uh, the time to talk about the uh, emotional duress that a victim experienced isn't interesting. And that is where we get into an area where the real stories of victims isn't being told. The story of survival doesn't end with one night of getting away from an attack. The story of survival is something that goes on every single day for the rest of a victim's life. And I think it's important that people who are telling the stories of survivors, number one, let survivors tell their story themselves if possible. But number two, we can't stop telling the story when it stops being this interesting piece of true crime drama. Too many shows, especially shows that claim to be ones of advocacy, have devolved into nothing more than bits of true crime narrative that is interesting and titillating and shocking and scary to a listener, but not enough are going into the nuts and bolts of what the process really looks like. So victims of survivors who are looking for resource feel left high and dry. Uh, The real Uh, harrowing truth about our justice system doesn't get exposed on the level it needs to the uh, even reporting to the police. That's such a powerful story. And it disturbs me more and more when I see headlines that will put in big black, bold text, the words, rape, assault, attack, but there's very few headlines that talk deeply about trauma, lasting impact of abuse, the fight for survival in the courtroom. The story is not over for the survivor once the rape finishes. The story is literally just beginning, and I wish that more news outlets and journalists and podcasters would walk that journey with them. I've just had that thought on my mind for the last couple of weeks, and I wanted to sit down and record it 
share my thought. And I want you guys to know that I want this show, this podcast, the Preacher Boys podcast, to be a show that doesn't just give you a true crime podcast. It's a show that's going to walk you through the journey of everyday lives of survivors, whether that be in the courtroom, whether that be in the moment of abuse, whether that be trying to navigate 20, 30, 40 years later, how to raise children when your children are becoming the same age as you were when you were abused. Uh, it is a important show. It's an important topic. And most importantly, it's an important mission. And it's not one that I take lightly. And I would urge anyone who's doing anything in a similar territory not to take it lightly as well. Thank you so much for listening to the Preacher Boys podcast. Until the next episode, I'm Eric Skruzinski. I'm the host of the show. And I look forward to seeing you in an upcoming episode. Thank you for listening to the Preacher Boys podcast. If you appreciated the content on the show, please leave a review on iTunes and don't forget to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with the handle at Preacher Boys Doc. Additional information can always be found on PreacherBoysDoc.com. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.